Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I am joined by Lindsay Page. So welcome, Lindsay. This is your second time on the show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Yes. So if you want to go back and listen, um, I think you can find it probably in the last six months. Um, I had Lindsay on and she's going to, you know, that episode is going to be one where she's got a little bit more of her background. So if you want a little more information on how she came to be an Ayurvedic wellness counselor and her story about leaving corporate, that episode, definitely check out because it's a really empowering story. So today we're going to kind of dive deeper into Ayurvedic wellness tips and, um, I wanted to start by kind of diving into the last seven months as the world has, you know, shifted and changed. I want to know how have you been doing, you know, as someone who practices Ayurveda and just started her business, you know, when all of this kind of kicked off, how have you been doing and how have you been taking care of your health? The last few months have been so interesting. And for me, the last year, everything's changed. And I did start my health coaching business. And in the middle of that, we have this pandemic, which told, which had me shift completely online to meet my audience where they are and really left me searching for how to create community online and also serve people where they are with their health. I know with a few uh, people, they really struggled with finding not only not only supporting their physical health, but their mental health during this time. So what I did was I created a group coaching program that could service the bigger need that I saw to meet the community. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think the, the mental health aspect, that is so key. You know, the longer that we're kind of at home, the more that we just kind of notice like, just the subtle shifts of going outside. Like the other day when I was with my son and I'm like, does this person want me to get close to them? Cause my son wants to pet their dog and just all of the weird social interactions that we're all kind of dealing with right now. Um, do you have any tips, you know, for people to kind of maybe something they could do daily to help with their mental health during this time of just taking care of themselves? Yeah, so I love that question. And what I want to speak to first is what a lot of people have noticed is they are forced to look at themselves. And a lot of things have come up for people. And it's uncomfortable. And we've had an uprising and it's really intense right now. And now more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and focus on what is important. So what I would say to someone is, as you're sitting still, you know, maybe in this pandemic or just whatever situation, stressful situation that you find yourself in, you need to slow down and focus back on you. Instead of everything external that's going on, take a pause, focus on you and ask yourself, what do you need now in this moment and remain present? Because what a lot of people tend to do is they tend to numb out. They tend to, you know, binge on Netflix or, you know, you know, insert whatever, whatever external habit into that um, equation. And not that any of those things are bad, the only time that it might have a negative side effect is when we use those to supplement how we're feeling on the inside, which could be 
um, anxiety or depression or sadness or loneliness. Those are really hard to look at, especially when you don't have anything outside to run to. Like if, you know, the world is shut down and when right now where we are, you know, it still partially is. So instead of continuing to look to those external factors, the hardest thing to do is look within and find how you can give yourself what you need. But as far as like the mental health perspective, that's what is going to support you most in the long term. Because if you don't deal with it today, it's going to come up later. And it might come up later um, as something you have to face maybe, you know, with your therapist, with your partner, or it might even just manifest itself as a disease in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's so important to like, you know, just talk about that, like everything, everything that you might've used to run to, to get away from feelings, you know, you're, I was just thinking of that last night. I was looking out the kitchen window and I was like, Oh, what are we going to do this weekend? And it's like there, I mean, there's not many options, you know, like, I'm like, I'm going to go out probably on a bike ride. Like I've done most Sundays, you know, for the past seven months, you know, cause that's about all there is to do get out in nature. And that's, that's who at the end of the day you have is yourself and, you know, making sure that you have those practices to, to be okay with yourself, you know? And I think that's, that's somewhat, you know, where people, if they didn't, if they were used to hiding from themselves, numbing out, like all of a sudden, all of that kind of got stripped away and you're like, Whoa, I am now forced to look at myself in the mirror and notice, you know, what, what is coming up? I don't like, and you know, how can I stay present? Um, and that's where I think self-care and what you talk about is so important. Um, and I want to kind of, because there are so many different definitions of self-care, I want you to kind of give a definition of what is self-care, um, you know, like in your viewpoint, and this is something that you talk about and preach. Um, what's your kind of definition of that? Sure. So, Ayurveda is my lens in which I teach my students and my clients. And Ayurveda, the textbook definition, is what you do in the morning to set yourself and set your nervous system up for for joy and success, however you define that. And that is so important, what we do every day. And what sometimes we tend to is we turn what we do in the morning as a to-do list. So what's really important is once you have your routine established, that over time needs to fluctuate with the seasons. It needs to fluctuate with you as a person. Um, It needs to fluctuate with whatever needs you and your family have. And that practice is something that you get to determine for yourself and what works for you won't work for all. And so my definition of self-care is being able to become um, seasoned in you. So putting the self back in self-care and not making it just a checklist, but hey, you know, waking up in the morning and saying, you know what, I'm feeling really tired. I'm feeling heavy. I overdid it yesterday. I'm not going to go for that three mile run that I usually go for. It's being able to tune in and listen to your body and say, oh, you know what, we're shifting with the seasons right now. And so where we find ourselves in, we're in the middle of shifting between spring and fall. We just had the fall equinox and it's getting cooler and colder. And what that means is that I need to understand how to adjust my self-care for me. 
um, for my body and not just make it about the list. And the only way that you're able, for me, what I found, the only way I'm able to understand how those fluctuations need to happen is by experience and by doing this. For It's not just a matter of a couple of weeks, like it's consistency over time, over years that you learn to pay attention to the cues and clues of your body. Mm. Um, I want to know some ways that you've kind of shifted your routines. Cause I think sometimes that helps people to understand, like when you, you know, we feel the shift, we see the leaves changing, you know, maybe it's like for us, we've had a few 90 degree days, which is not normal. Uh, but usually our weather will start to get cooler. Um, so when we feel that shift, what kind of routines change in your life, you know, from that summer to that fall shift, like what were you doing maybe in the past few weeks that you're going to say, you know what, let's just modify those to be a bit more fall routine-ish. Can you give some examples of that? Sure. The first thing I want to say is that when you switch up routines, specifically between seasons, is that it needs to be gradual. So if we learn Ayurveda talks about learning from Nama nature. And if we take her as an example, if we look at a tree and we watch the leaves change, it doesn't go from green to orange to dead overnight. It takes weeks. And when we change our routines for the seasons, that's the same thing that needs to happen. So gradually what that looks like for me is I start to shift to more in the fall, um, heavy, wet, um, cooked foods. So in the summertime, because of my body type, I'm able to digest uh, cold salads during the middle of the day. And a salad isn't something that I'm going to touch at all in the fall or wintertime because that doesn't support my digestion. Um, So heavy and wet foods, I also add in more Abiyanga or daily self-massage into my morning routine. Um, The reason for that is for anyone who doesn't know, you know, maybe what that is or what that looks like is it's literally you just take warm oil and you rub it all over your body and you sit with it and you let it soak in. And what it does is it nourishes the tissues and all that dryness from the air and the coldness outside it gets, it can settle into the body if we don't take care of it. So warm and wet foods, oil, and I also tend to sleep a little bit more. Um, and I allow myself that luxury, whether it's just an extra 15 or 20 minutes, or maybe it's, you know, on the weekends, it's an extra hour, just allowing yourself to slow down and rest because that is also what Ayurveda teaches us about. We look at the seasons the days um, get shorter. And that's also what we're supposed to do for our bodies is sleep more. And a lot of people are going to, you know, might feel guilty about slowing down and might feel guilty about getting that extra rest. But again, it's coming back to how do you support your body during this particular season of life so that you feel your best and show up in life as your best self, as the best friend, as the best partner, as the best parent, as the best caretaker, um, cause it's, it's a domino effect. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And all of those, I mean, they're just subtle, subtle things that like, if we tune in, um, you know, that's something that I've been teaching in the seasonal living collective and it was, 
it was great because like a few of the ladies commented, they're like, yeah, I mean, this is stuff that they noticed, but they didn't pay attention to until they're like, oh yeah, like this feels natural. It's like our body's natural rhythm that we've pushed away for so many years that we're slowly, because we're all kind of stuck at home right now, we do notice those little shifts. We do notice the trees and the leaves and how pretty it is. And like my son noticed that last night. He's like, how come these trees are still green and these are now orange and yellow? And he's like, and these have no leaves on them, you know? And so it was really cool. You know, he's four and he can Mm. see those little shifts going on in nature, you know? And so if we do slow down and notice I mean, it's, it's going on outside, it's going on inside. Um, and it's just taking that time to notice. So I definitely appreciate that analogy with the trees. I think that really, um, is helpful for people. Yeah. And you mentioned something which is awareness and awareness is the number one thing that we have to cultivate, um, and nourish in our lives and pay attention to and say, you know, what's going on for me right now so that we can change anything. Because what you and I talk about, it's not necessarily rocket science, like sleeping more, slowing down, maybe eating a sweet potato instead of like a salad. It's not rocket science, but it's the little things that add up over time that cause the biggest differences. And then we have to support ourselves through that change process and that is where people get hung up they get hung up in well I know I need to go to bed earlier but and then insert either a reason or distraction in that blank because you know someone's bedtime this show this work this book and so instead of going to bed 30 minutes later they're going to bed an hour later and then they're exhausted the next day and then they can't focus and then they're irritable with their partner. And so what I love to do, and you and I have both created communities where people can invest and feel supported and not only learn this education, but understand like how to create habits that will sustain them through time. And so that's why it's so important to like find a community that you get along with that is walking in your shoes that can support you not okay you know what to do and really we have google we can find out anything that we need to do for ourselves but understanding how to apply it and then stick with it is the whole other ball game Mm. yeah and the accountability piece like right now i think more than ever like I know I had many clients um, up their sessions from, you know, seeing me once a week to twice a week, you know, in the last seven months, because they're like, I just need more accountability. Like, it's just, I know I need to do this. I won't though. And that's the same. Like I was, we were just talking before, you know, we hit record and I'm starting three different programs in the next few weeks and ones to help me like finish. I've started writing a book to help me actually finish the book. I need that accountability piece, you know, and another one is to dive deeper into menstrual health. And I want to know, you know, even more about it. And so I can have that accountability piece with investing in different programs. And that's something that we talked about is, you know, you can find the things on Google, but how often do we do those things that we just find for free or like there's a one-off free program, you know, we might browse through it, but we don't actually complete it because we don't have any time or money invested into it. So I think that's definitely something that, um, you know, maybe if you've been struggling, you might need that accountability piece. And there are options. Um, you know, I will say this from, I've had a client who was given, you know, $2,000 worth of training for free. 
I saw her for a month and, uh, she lost 10 pounds, never saw her again. Um, and I, it was that to me, I was like, okay, so even if we're gifted this, sometimes we don't always use that gift, you know? So that's where that money piece, even if it is, you know, so for you, it could be, I don't know, you know, $500. That's a big chunk of change for someone else. It could be $49 and it's going to be a little bit different in finding that program that you can invest in. And, you know, maybe the teacher that will work with you and find that point where you're like, yep, this is going to commit me. I don't know if you have anything to say on that, but I thought I would bring that up as well. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I believe people, when people pay, people pay attention. Oh, yeah. And I am 100, you know, I have signed up for the free course and then forgotten to dial in or let something else come up instead. And it's really not about the dollar amount of like how much you invest, like whether you invest a thousand dollars or $10, it's an energetic exchange between you and that person that yes, you're going to pay attention and you're just going to understand it. I believe on a deeper level when that energetic exchange happens. And so Money is just a representation of that in my mind. And sure, different, different dollar amounts mean different things to different people, but you can get the same amount of value out of a $10 program or out of a $1,000 program. It's all about what are you willing to get out of it? You get out of it what you put into it. And so that's, you know, really important. Um, to understand as well, like when you invest in a program or invest in a coach, you know, number one, like, why are you doing it? And then what do you want to get out of it? That's so true. Um, yeah, that, that I think definitely is going in with an intention when you, you know, commit to the program. Um, one thing that I want to talk about, cause I know this kind of goes with your self-care and what you're personally doing right now. And I'm going to be doing in a few weeks is a cleanse. And, um, you know, in Ayurveda, they suggest cleanses in the spring and in the fall. So I would love for you to chat a little bit about one, how your cleanse is going. Um, and two, why, why do a cleanse right now? Yeah. So ever since I started, um, studying Ayurveda, I do a cleanse either two or three times a year and Ayurveda recommends doing them in between seasonal changes and what that helps to do is just set yourself set your body up for the next season and then remove any imbalance that you have in your body so that's why i do it i know that i get a lot out of it um and if i get a lot out of it that means that i for example my last cleanse which was in the spring i experienced on i usually do them for about seven days um I experienced clarity, focus, heightened energy, less inflammation in my digestion and abdominal area. I mean, literally on day six this past spring, I woke up and my belly was a completely different shape. And I was just blown away. I mean, I know these things, I teach these things, but then to see it on my own body is um, just, you know, it still blows my mind. And why I, so I am on day four of a cleanse right now. And I told you before we started recording that I must be doing it right because I am feeling really sluggish and heavy 
and just want to go back to bed and what that means for any listeners that haven't ever done an Ayurvedic cleanse before is just that during the period of the cleanse, you're detoxifying your body. You're just detoxifying of anything that's in your digestive system that may be clogging the channels of um, either your digestion and then also your mind. So it's, it's both. It's a mind-body connection. And I want my physical body to be healthy and I want my mental body to be healthy. And it's, they're linked. And so Ayurveda believes in this mind-body connection as, you know, it's, it's so true and so relevant and I'm so passionate about it because if your body is sick, then your mind is sick. And if your mind is sick, then it manifests in disease in the body. And a cleanse is one way to provide medicine for yourself in a very holistic and empowering way. Like I choose to take care of me because I love myself and I want to show up and be, you know, the best coach, the best friend, the best daughter that I can be. And the only way I can do that is if I take care of myself. And I'll tell you, like, you know this because you have so many years of experience, but creating a business and showing up in the world on your own as a solo entrepreneur, it'll bring up all of your stuff. It'll bring up all of your stuff. And my purpose is to help people figure out like how to also do the same. And I believe in part of the Ayurveda teachings teach is that you have to support your physical body so you can have that clear mentality and that clear peace of mind. And it's, easiest to start with the physical body because that's something that we can see and touch and we see the food in front of us and food is medicine but it can also be our poison so coming back to a cleanse a cleanse allows us to use that food as medicine and support our body in a very nourishing gentle way um, which is why i choose you know an ayurvedic cleanse and when I say that I must be doing it right because I feel bad, once I stop the cleanse, my body will stop detoxing. And I'll be like, okay, you know, you've created a safe space for yourself to get these toxins out. Um, and now the cleanse is over. And, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it for a long period of time anyways. And um, I just know that it's just part of the process. It's part, it's part of me supporting my purpose in life, mm. which is like purpose. It can be defined any ways that you want it to be, that you want it to be filled. But how I, how I see it and how I try to support my clients and my students is like, what brings you joy? What brings you joy and fulfillment? And are you doing that? Because maybe working a nine to five brings you fulfillment. And maybe you, you find your purpose in that, but for me, it didn't. So I wanted to find, I'm creating a different path for myself. But the only way I was able to create that path is if I first believed in myself and I first believed I could do it. But if I was sick in my body, the belief in that mindset wouldn't have been possible. 
Yes. And for anyone listening, if they're not familiar, um, cause I think sometimes when we hear the word cleanse or detox, we think that we have to buy shakes and, um, stuff to put in our drinks. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like that, that we're not, I mean, Ayurveda is not, you don't have to buy any program or package for, you know, to do a cleanse. Yes. I'd love to clarify that. So a traditional Ayurvedic cleanse is going to be made up of kitchari. And the kitchari is mung beans and rice, and then a number of spices that support your digestive health. And Usually you eat that with somewhere in between three to five of the same vegetables for the period of time. So you don't restrict, you eat as much as or as little as you want. You eat to your fulfillment, you eat with intention, meaning you don't eat distracted and you eat that for the duration of time. And there's other body therapy practice with practices, which I won't get into now, but um, there's other things you can do to support cleansing of your body, but it's supportive. It's nourishing. Um, it is a vegetarian diet. So it is mung beans and rice and people are like, Oh my gosh, you know, am I going to feel full? Is there going to be enough protein? And a cup of mung beans has 50 grams of protein. So plenty of protein. And as long as you load up on those green vegetables, like you are going to be completely fine. And actually during a cleanse, your body gets so efficient with processing that, that kitchen, that mono diet, you actually want to eat less as the days go on. So I've never had a client um, tell me that they felt um, maybe they had a craving in the beginning. They didn't ever feel depleted as far as like the hunger and the lack of energy because they taken away things from their diet. Yeah. I mean, I, that's something that I, I've been doing oh, probably four or five years now, you know, in the spring and the fall, my, my kitchen cleanses. And uh, I usually do a social media and really monitor um, my consumption side in terms of what I am consuming. Like I'll cut out TV. I usually cut out, I already cut out my social media apps quite often <laughs> the way it is. Um, Cause I've really been tuning into my cycle. And so I cut it off late luteal phase through my menstrual phase. And then I come back on when I feel good in the follicular phase again, and that's been really working. So for me, you know, cutting it out once more, you know, during the cleanse. Um, and if it's your first time with that, the first time I did that, like cut out social media plus had the cleanse. I mean, it, you're just like, wow, one, I have so much time on my hands. Um, cause you don't realize you just how much wasted time you're on your phone. Um, like I just, I don't listen to podcasts that week either. And so I just am really with myself. And then plus you're on the, you know, kitchen cleanse diet portion. You're just like, wow, I really feel in tune with myself and, um, you know, stuff can come up, but I always found it to be, uh, I mean, the insights I gain after a week on a cleanse are just, I mean, different folds. The of mental business. clarity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my business, I'm like, Ooh, this program, I want to do this program. Um, I can create this. So I would definitely uh, recommend it. And you don't, I mean, you can go online and just Google Ayurvedic cleanse and you can find how to do one and just do one yourself. Um, I would definitely recommend checking that out if that's something that's interesting to you. Yeah, and the only thing that I would say about um, doing a cleanse 
on your own is make sure, um, especially if you have any kind of history with, mm. we all have a weird relationship with food, but different people, it hits in different ways. So definitely don't look to a Kitchery cleanse as a way to like lose weight. And if you have a history with any kind of like, um, just like a, you know, eating problem or eating disorder, you know, sometimes when people restrict anything in their, in their diet, it brings up other things. So just be really intentional about what you want out of the cleanse when you start it. And if you feel like you want something you want to do, but you do need support, look to the right people in your community or someone who has done a cleanse before, um, you know, Andrea and I both lead people through cleanses, and especially until you get the hang of it, you just need to understand the nuances only because um, emotional things also come up too. So you talk about the digestion of, like we're talking about digestion and eliminating social media. What sometimes people don't understand is that we're digesting everything through our five senses. So not only are we digesting things through the mouth, we're digesting things through our eyes. And if you find yourself scrolling and then you find yourself feeling like crap after the scroll, it's because your mind hasn't, and your body hasn't been able to process all the things that you've seen in that scroll feed. I mean, it's the same thing with like, it's really important to be diligent with, you know, being up to date on all the news but be really intentional about how and where you're getting the news and how you choose to consume it. Um, personally for me, I do not watch the news on TV. Um, I read about the news on, you know, the internet so that I can pick and choose how I see my information. And, um, and just going back to like the cleanse piece, be supported whenever you go throughout that process, whatever you think that needs to look like for you. And um, during the cleanse, just be really mindful about, well, not just during the cleanse, we need to protect our five senses anyway. So that's social media, uh, a social media fast is, is good for anybody. Yes. Yeah. And we're not no. calling any of these things bad, but we're just saying be mindful, be aware. Well, I might call it bad, but <laughs> I, Yeah. I watched The Social Dilemma. Have you watched that one yet on Netflix? Yeah. I, I mean, I already have my love-hate relationship, I would say, with social media. And I've talked to the podcast before about it. It's just, um, I mean, for those reasons, I mean, I just see so many people go into spirals and anxiety that probably wouldn't happen if, you know, we could just delete apps and, you know. But uh, I I mean, I had this talk with my best friend and she was like, yep, I had to, you know, unfriend family and just step away and, you know, curate things where I I just couldn't, I couldn't anymore. And she's like, and not seeing people and all of those things, you know, just contributing to the factor of rising anxiety, depression, and just feeling Mm -hmm. like you can't do anything. Um, So I think curation, I think curation is a good word right there. Like being like you can use it for good um, if you're mindful about it. And if you curate, you know, the top, you know, there's something is there's something about being informed and there's something about it being toxic. Yeah. And right now I would say it's, it's hard to decipher where, 
where that line is. Cause I think it's, it's easily, you know, moved. Um, so yeah. if, if you're feeling that way, like I would say, take, take a break. Like that's, that's your body saying I need a break. Um, and then you'll come back on and you'll feel more refreshed. You know, that's why I do it, you know, monthly with my cycle. Cause yep. I find that works best for me. Like I come back and I'm good for a few weeks and then I leave for a few weeks and come back. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's living that flow and finding your flow. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so you might start, you know, with that seasonal shift, you're like, you know what, let's just take a couple days off and then see how you feel. Um, I love I'm that. A, I'm a big fan of big fan of that. Um, but I want to kind of dive into one last topic with you of self-care and finding your purpose. Cause I know that's something that you're really passionate about helping people do, you know, as you've done, um, how do you kind of help people navigate, you know, taking care of themselves and then ultimately finding their purpose? Cause again, right now, I think a lot of people are waking up to being like, you know what, I'm not living my purpose. Um, and how do I find my purpose? It's a, it's a daunting question. Hell yeah. Right. Especially for me, what it feels like when you start is, I remember describing it to someone as, I feel like I'm standing on the other side of a door and there's a party I can't get into. I see the light on, I hear the music, I hear the people, but I can't get into it. And I have all these keys, but I don't know which one to use. And I just want to figure it out. And it's so frustrating. So the first thing is just awareness. Awareness that you're fed up and that you want something more. You don't know what it is. You actually don't have to know what it is. It's just that you start down that path of taking steps in curiosity. And that could be reading a book. That could be making a new friend. Um, I took a step outside of my comfort zone last week and joined a book club. And I don't know if it's something that I'm going to stick with forever, but when I was there, I felt like I was in the right place. So I'm following my curiosity. Being in tune with that is what I would say is like the steps to finding your purpose. But how I like to help people, what my process is, is I like to be, meet with people where they are and say, what's coming up for you in your life? How can I support you through it? Where's your stressor? And what do you ultimately want your life to look like? And that's going to be different for everybody. If you ask 100 people that question, you're going to get, you know, a different answer. It might be related to career. It might be related to family. It might be related to like a white picket fence in a house. But here's the thing. You're going to start there. And once you learn to understand how to manage your stress and set your sights on what you want, for me, this is my process. I, you then start to also support your physical body. So in what areas of your physical health are you lacking? Are you tired? Are you anxious? Are you stressed out at work? Um, Is someone in your life going through a health crisis? Are you the caretaker? So really supporting them where they are in that stressor. Giving them ways to manage that stress because it's not the fact that 
you don't have stress in your life, it's that we understand how to give it an outlet. So you need to understand how to move for your body type. You need to understand how to move for the seasons. Um, having a contemplative or meditation practice, whether that's journaling, um, understanding, like I said before, how to move for your body type, but then also gratitude. You know, finding love and joy in your life in all the ways possible. Instead of looking to all the things that are bad, looking to what is good and what is right. Because if you start your day with love and joy, which is part of what self-care is in its essence, it's you giving yourself love, then you will be starting off with a clear mind, a happy heart, and you're ready to tackle whatever it is throughout that day. And then as you begin to support your body, as you begin to cleanse your physical body of, you know, maybe you start to eat some more organic foods, you start to go to bed 30 minutes earlier and then maybe 45 minutes earlier, and then you start to really like lean into your journaling and gratitude practice. It's these little things over time with the community to support you. So whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's a coach, maybe that's um, a program, maybe it's just the fact that you have friends in your life that are on the same path and you talk to each other and support each other along the way. Support is huge as you're trying to make it through these changes in your life. And before you know it, your physical health is going to improve. You're going to feel really clear in your mind and you're going to, under, you're going to say one day, you know what? Like, I am ready to change that job. I am ready to let go of that toxic friendship, that toxic relationship. I see how that's no longer supporting me. And now that I can support myself through this change, I'm ready to actually make a decision through that. And the belief in yourself that you can do that, that's where the positive mindset comes in. And that is one of my practices that I've really leaned into over the past six months that is new, that is new for me. And I've just gone from like zero to 60 and been able to see things in a whole new way. It's a shift in perspective. It's being in the midst of chaos and processing your emotions through it. And then also saying, how can I see this differently? How can I, what do I have to learn from this situation? And what is, what is my place in this situation? And can I shift to a new perspective? It's deciding to maybe see, and this is just an example that personally resonates with me because I found myself there like seven years ago. It's being able to say, you know what, like going out to the bars during the week it doesn't really serve me anymore because I started this yoga practice and if I drink the night before and I try to go to yoga the next day, like the hot yoga just really doesn't feel good. So I'm going to save the bars for the weekend. And so I went through that time period and then it's saying like, you know what, like I haven't really like gone out in a couple of weeks and I'm able to wake up on Saturday morning and not feel like crap. And Oh, I get more things done and I feel more active and, a cumulative domino effect that just starts with one choice and one decision of willing, saying, I'm fed up. I don't want it to be like this anymore and making one small step, one small decision that eventually like 
for me ended up changing my world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's what I spoke a little bit last time on your podcast, but that's what led me to leaving my corporate job to starting my own business and launching my own group coaching program to support people who want to be in community and also are just fed up. And it's about finding these practices before you get into stressful situations. So it's not about waiting for the crisis moment. It's about understanding, do I know how to support myself today, whether that's physically or mentally? Um, Do I just want to learn more so that when a family member is in the hospital or you lose your job, you're able to navigate it with a sense of calm and peace instead of freak out. And because if anything that 2020 has taught us is that we don't control anything. It's hard to control anything. So when you know you can't control anything, who, what are you able to control? And that's your perspective. And allowing your, being able to support yourself while you process whatever comes up and then also not get stuck in it and be able to move through it. Well, if you're listening to Lindsay and you're like, I would like to get a session with Lindsay, she is actually going to be doing a giveaway. Um, for anyone listening to this podcast, I'm going to put the link in the um, show notes, which you can just find wherever you listen to this podcast at um, under the details. And then I will also put it on the, if you just go to my website, andreaclausen.com backslash blog, you'll find the first um, episode and that will be the one that you can just click on Lindsay and you'll be able to find the website link there as well um, to get yourself in this giveaway because that's amazing that she's going to do this. And if you're listening and like, yes, I want all of the things that Lindsay, Lindsay just described, like, which was amazing, um, and changing your life. Um, she is definitely the person to seek wisdom from there. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you, Andrea. Yes. So I kind of want to, you know, wrap up here. Um, and I always like to do a weekly challenge to the listeners. So um, when I have a guest on, I throw the weekly challenge out to you. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be to everyone? Where you are in your life today, it doesn't matter if you're listening to this now, October 2020, or if you're listening to this in a couple years, I would just ask you, where can you take space and take pause for yourself? Mm-hmm. And instead of adding something to your to-do list, where can you pause and take time for yourself and put the self back in self-care for you? Oh, I love it. I love it. Find some, and find, and if you need to find somebody to support you to do that. Yes. Oh, love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, this was another wonderful conversation. I'm so glad you came on and spoke to us again. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, for anyone listening, definitely sign up for that giveaway. You can find me at lindsaypage.com or lindsaypage underscore Ayurveda on Instagram. Perfect. I'll have that all in the show notes as well. So you guys can just find all of Lindsay's amazing stuff. Um, and she has some free downloads as well. I don't even think we talked about, um, I know I have that. Uh, there was a self-care guide, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's self-care with purpose. So everything that we just talked about, if you want to know how to start from ground zero, that's something you can find as well. 
Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.